Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Hello and welcome to MHI Cast. Customer demands have grown so significantly during the pandemic and it's forcing companies to expand their fulfillment capabilities. So in this episode, we're going to be discussing the growth of e-commerce and micro-fulfillment. Joining me for this conversation, Marcus Schmidt, president of Swisslog Americas, as well as Kevin Reeder, director of business development and marketing at Canap. Gentlemen, thanks for being with us today. Let's jump right in and let's start with you, Kevin. Uh, tell us a bit about what micro-fulfillment is. Micro-fulfillment is uh, an interesting strategy. Um, it's typically leveraging a smaller assortment of items, not always. Um, it's in a smaller footprint than a typical fulfillment operation, and it's meant to, uh, to basically increase online order efficiency, uh, leverage uh, the opportunity for same-day delivery, and meet a subset of or a set of customer demands that... Uh, uh, is getting more and more uh, important to the industry. What do you think triggered the massive growth of micro-fulfillment that we've seen recently? There are a number of factors that are driving the relevance and importance of micro-fulfillment. The, the biggest catalyst really is COVID, but COVID was really, uh, what's happened after COVID is sort of symptomatic with the massive increase in online demand, particularly in the grocery sector, uh, the cost to fulfill online orders uh, is uh, is basically causing a loss of profit on every order that's shipped. So it's uh, it's becoming as much of an opportunity as, as it is an opportunity to solve a financial problem in terms of uh, the cost of fulfilling these online orders. This next question is for you, Marcus. You know, we've seen customer demands shift over the last year, mostly due to COVID. But how do you think it'll change in the future? The consumers have changed behavior a lot in the last 12 months. Uh, there is a theory that maybe some of those goes back to wanting to shop in the store more frequently. But uh, me speaking to most of these large retailers, then that will be maybe 20% going back and 80% staying on current shopping behaviors. Are there specific industries where you see the demand for e-commerce and fulfillment solutions more so than others? Um, we see that specifically for the grocery items and through the pandemic, then um, customers didn't go to the store anymore. They changed their behavior in ordering groceries online. And of course, those things are fresh, right? And they need to be delivered uh, within, within hours from the order being placed. And, and that's only possible if you pick those very close to the store where the co consumer would, would have normally um, kind of went shopping, right? So we have developed uh, a series of solutions for this type of micro-fulfillment where, um, where the, the former store operator can pick those online orders very efficiently, very timely, and then customers can either pick up or go through different delivery options to get those delivered. That's a big trend where we see Whereas automation moving close to the store, close to the consumer, and still providing all of the benefits which you would not have known otherwise. I'm glad you brought up grocery as one of those areas because it's it's totally one of those areas that's that's expanded in terms of online orders and fulfillment. Uh, so Kevin, what 
what are some of the advantages and challenges that are specific to the grocery category uh, as it relates to micro-fulfillment? The question about micro-fulfillment for grocery is really a, a great one because it, uh, it highlights a whole group of opportunities, uh, some challenges, um, but there's a lot of activity in that area. So we have a, a really good set of inputs and data that, uh, that help us understand it a little bit more. Um, the first thing is that the, on the demand side, the demand for grocery fulfillment has gone through the roof. Um, that's positive. On the negative side, we have the cost of fulfillment. Every order that you fulfill manually is uh, is a sunk cost and a and a you know more or less a money loser. So it uh, it has people paying attention to that aspect of grocery fulfillment and what it means. Obviously, the larger you are, if you're a Kroger or a Walmart, you can measure those impacts in um, millions and millions of dollars of potential loss or potential benefit. Um, at a general level, uh, grocery uh, micro-fulfillment is less expensive. Uh, there's less risk to the investment versus a central fulfillment center. Say, for example, a central fulfillment center might be $100 million or more. A micro-fulfillment center is, is compared to a grocery store, uh, $4 million more or less versus $15 million to put up a grocery store. So the return on investment out of an MFC is double that of the store. So it's, it's a low-cost, low-risk alternative to service a customer that might be actually an acquired customer. Uh, and at the same time, solve this problem of uh, fulfilling e-commerce uh, very quickly. So there's some really, really interesting elements to grocery micro-fulfillment. Um, but it's not a fulfillment device. It's a much more complicated discussion. Well, actually, we have the time, so let's dig right in. Um, so, so what are some factors that make micro-fulfillment centers so successful? I think it, in general, the thing to understand about micro-fulfillment is that it's a journey, not a quick mechanized solution. You don't just drop it in place. Um, there are demand side requirements and issues. Um, it requires merchandising, just like a store or an e-commerce business unit. It's not about automating all the store, all the SKUs in the store, but it's a holistic approach that uh, is sort of enterprise-wide, and it involves the entire supply and demand chain. So these are decisions that uh, you know are not just plugging in a, uh, a micro-fulfillment center and you're up and running. There are lots of factors that go into this process. Your network, how you're going to replenish it, the assessment of the space versus the technology that you might put in it. Some fits, some doesn't, some fit better. Uh, but you have to get a product in there, you have to move it through, and ideally you want to get the best return per square foot on the space that you can. And that's not the same with all the solutions that you might uh, evaluate for micro-fulfillment operations. Then you've got the issue of the location, where do I put it, what are my floor conditions and diet design loads, 
automation typically requires more floor loading, for example, than a manual solution. A dense pack solution would require more floor load than than a shuttle solution, for example. So those are considerations that weigh into design uh, discussions. You've got columns, pipes, electrical, and I think the important thing is, and I, it's it's sort of a funny, it's sort of a funny scenario that's developed in the business. Uh, there are a whole lot of folks that are saying, yeah, we can stand one of these up in in six or eight weeks or twelve weeks. But I would sort of challenge them to be able to get through a permitting process <laughs> and a site uh, evaluation process and understanding the technology. These kind of deliveries are possible when you have an overall program in place and you're rolling out these these micro fulfillment centers at a clip. You've got inventory and solutions being built in a pipeline, and then you can roll them out at that at that frequency. Uh, but uh, I, the thing again that I want to stress is that it's a journey, not an, a mechanized solution. Yeah, that last mile is always a concern, and I imagine that it's the same for any micro fulfillment center. So I think it's worthwhile to to, to continue exploring this, and and in fact, let's continue on with the grocery examples. What last mile strategies do grocers use, and how do micro fulfillment solutions support that? Well, let's talk about a couple of different aspects of micro-fulfillment. One is that you have to deal with the design, the software that extends into inventory management, replenishments, uh, solutions, and systems uh, that reaches out to the customer interface and and uh, deals with last mile pickup and delivery and, and uh, uh, packaging, what type of goods you have, where are they, and uh, even uh, the issue of whether there are partner companies involved in this or products that you want to take out of your fresh selection, your delicatessen, things like that. That's one discussion. And then there's the mechanization. So the mechanization side of it, you know, uh, there are processes you go through in the design side, looking at your customer orders and data analysis. The best feeds for that are actually your loyalty cards um, and your good customers who are liable to be buying from you in this environment. And uh, and you want to understand what items are going to be important to put in that micro fulfillment center, as opposed to trying to automate the entire thing. Then you've got to deal with slotting these things, loading them, and, and uh, you know, an, an operating approach that's really driven by grocers, not necessarily supply chain folks, uh, or mechanize, mechanization project managers, but grocers, grocers that understand that if you don't have the inventory on the shelf, um, you're not going to be able to satisfy the customer's needs, and that won't end well, will it? How can end users start implementing a solution like this? Let's, let's start with you, Kevin. I, I think your, your go-to first steps for implementing a micro-fulfillment center is to have a conversation with the uh, the leading adopters of this technology. They've gone through significant learning curves in terms of design, operation. They're in their third or fourth iteration of these designs and uh, and the performance levels are coming uh, up rapidly. So that would be my first step. 
My second would be to look around at the uh, uh, companies that are implementing this successfully. And by that, I mean not just the mechanization, but uh, a more holistic approach to that. Uh, people that have first, second, third generation of this technology up and running in place, uh, staff to support it, and uh, a track record around uptime, availability, maintenance, uh, performance to deadlines, key productivity indicators, uh, uh, systems in place to, uh, to manage and monitor multiple sites, things like that. And, and that would be a step that could kind of take you in the direction of, of uh, how and where to, uh, to implement these systems. There's certainly issues around network planning. Where do you put micro-fulfillment sites? Uh, how many do you put in there? Do you have one? Do you have multiple? When do you expand hub and spoke? You know, what's your tolerance for uh, risk? Do you want multiple sites that can work with each other so that they uh, have uh, overlap and uptime performance that's exemplary? So lots of, lots of issues on the table to talk about and uh, you know, more and more experts in the field in terms of uh, their experiences and successes. Marcus, over to you, same question. So there are a couple of things which are very important for microfulfillment. Typically, this is automation which is very close or connected to store operation. Historically, the stores have not been great in running, in running automation, and now suddenly you give them a whole distribution center, small but still complex, to operate. So important is that the solution is, is simple and scalable, and that the software also implements well into the environment and can be maintained in an, in an easy way. Because in the end of the day, these systems, they need to be running all the time, and it cannot be so that the store need to enhance their technical capabilities so dramatically to make that happen. The solution need to enable the operator to always use it and make it simple enough to be used. As we draw to a close here, I'd like to thank you both gentlemen, Marcus and Kevin, for joining us, sharing your insights and educating the MHI community about micro-fulfillment and e-commerce. It's much appreciated. And for you listening to this installment of MHI Cast, find a solution that'll make your supply chain more resilient by downloading the 2021 annual industry report. You can do so at mhi.org slash publications slash report. I'll repeat that mhi.org slash publications slash report. And with that report, you can discover innovation driven resilience and start planning your organization's future today. You know, here at MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. So thank you for making us a part of your professional development journey.